Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Stories. I am with a guy who uh, is basically taking me under his wing and making me more hard to kill. You know, I watched a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I watched a lot of Karate Kid. And uh, I thought I was like, after watching those, I thought I was a blue belt, you know, just, oh, I know how to punch. I know how to fight. And then I started working with a guy named Josh Brisbane. And uh, he showed me that uh, that is not the case. So Josh Brisbane is a professional savage. For the past 20 years, he has been surrounding himself with the best fighters on the planet and learning how to fight, protect, and stand his ground. When he is not training, Josh is surfing, spending time with his family. He also hosts the Savage Waterman podcast, where he interviews everyone from fighters, surfers, entrepreneurs, investors, and much more. He put out a book called Hard to Kill, and uh, a lot of great chapters in that book teaching you about self-awareness, how to protect yourself and your family. So I highly recommend you pick it up. That's why I want him on this show. He has an event coming up that you might want to be a part of in California. I know what you're thinking. California, I mean, is self-defense even legal out there? I asked myself that same question. However, it is because Josh Brisbane's out there teaching people day in and day out how to protect themselves. Josh, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank you, brother. That was a great intro. I love it. Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, Yeah, we are out here in California. Right after this, I am going to go surfing with my son. So very nice. I'll post that on social so you know that I'm telling the truth. (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe it until I see it on the gram. Right. You have a uh, a way of looking at life. I mean, you're always you're clocking people, right? Uh, I have a philosophy. If a man can't read, a man can't write. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, we we both have this religion inside of us. You know, I'm all about, you know, uh, getting your story out there. You're all about, hey, making the average person hard to kill. So that's inside of you day in and day out. Tell us a little bit about how you became this person uh, when it comes to self-defense and making sure that uh, other people out there are ready at all times. Yeah. Um, you know, diving into this book, Hard to Kill, that you got, you inspired me to write, um, kind of pulled it out of me. Like, why, where, where did this come from? How did I become this person? And, you know, I was, I, I grew up with a great childhood, um, you know, middle, straight middle class out here in California. I wasn't, I had some scenarios where I was picked on, but it wasn't like life altering. I was, I didn't, you know, think about doing bad stuff because of it. It was just, you know, you're a kid, you get picked on here and there. Um, so then I didn't learn anything about fighting. My dad didn't teach me about fighting. He grew up in the hood, had to fight for his life, had to do some bad shit. Um, but he never, you know, taught me how to do that. I never, how to make a fist, how to do basic stuff. Um, so then when I got, you know, I got in some stupid fights when I was a kid, but again, didn't have any technique, no form, no nothing. I might've watched Karate Kid, thought I could do the same thing. Um, Sweep the leg, baby. You always have these great grandiose ideas of what you're going to do. And then the first hit, the first punch, you're on your ass going, wow, that fucking didn't turn the way I I thought it would. Um, So then after that, I I graduated uh, high school and I just started absorbing it. Um, The way I got into fighting my, me and my buddy were into boxing. So we would go to a boxing class and on the side, we would do prison style boxing, which is everything below the neck because we tried to be, you know, corporate. We were in the, we were in the business world and it, it doesn't look too good when you're all busted up trying to present pitches and sales and all this. Um, so he was a server at a restaurant. I cracked his ribs. He couldn't do his job right. He couldn't hold the tray. And the guy said, his manager at Claim Jumper said, "What? What? Why can't you do? What are you doing? Hold, hold the thing right." He says, oh, I, "I broke. I think I broke my ribs boxing." 
Um, so this guy said, well, who, who are you boxing? You guys think you're tough. Come to my, my spot. Turns out his manager at Claim Jumper was an Olympian judo guy, and he had a fight club. And this is back early 2000, so it wasn't even legal in California. Um, and we just started fighting. He had – it wasn't like a belt system. It wasn't traditional like bowing. You know, it was straight fight club. We got there. Um, he had jiu-jitsu guys come in. He had Muay Thai guys, kickboxing. He had a lot of connections with um, Japanese and, 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 and promotions out there. So we were just like a hub. It was in Long Beach, California, and we just had fighters rotate through there. And there was about 10 or 15 of us core guys, and we just absorbed. I absorbed it. Like, there's two ways you can go. You can get pounded and get humbled real quick and realize you're not the toughest one in the room, and you leave, and you go to a room where you are the toughest, which is a bad idea. Or you're like me, and you just absorb it. You're like, wow, why is this guy half my size? tie me up like a pretzel and kill me. This is great. I love it. I absorbed it. That was 20 plus years ago. And back then, right, I was just doing it to be the, the toughest guy. You know, I, I started doing smoker fights. Again, it wasn't legal out here. So you call them smoker, which is kind of flying under the radar. Um, and I, I took it. Then I took it to be better than my opponent. Oh, get me in a cage. I want to be better than this guy. And now that I'm a father and a husband, and you know that's my number one reason right there is my wife and son. All the years of the pounding I took, the, the the broken bones, the surgeries, the black eyes, all of that I'm using now because I want to help protect people. Right? Fortunately for me, I'm, or fortunately or unfortunately, it doesn't matter how you look at it. I didn't take it to the professional level, but all of that information, all of that experience that I took. I am now helping the average person, right? Because I'm not an ex-Navy SEAL. You hear this all the time, like Jocko. He's an ex-Navy SEAL. He's a great motivator. People listen to him. He's got a great story. But I don't have it. Well, I I actually kind of... I, I, most people don't have access to Jocko, right? Most yeah. people don't have access to UFC fighters. Most people don't have the access to these high-level guys. Um, so I found a little niche of like, okay, I have all the skills the average person is falling through the cracks, right? Especially out here in California, people are getting thumped. They're getting, it used to be the days where they 2 a.m. in the morning or 2 a.m. at the night, however you look at it, they'd sneak into your house, they'd take your goods and rob you, whatever. Now they're doing it two o'clock in the afternoon. They're robbing people. They're, 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 it, it's the bully mentality up to the 10th degree. So I took it upon myself to start training people and start spreading the message of the average person i.e. me, if I can protect myself, if I can protect my family, if I can learn the skills to be hard to kill, then anybody can. It doesn't matter if you're 5'2 and you're a female, 100 pounds, or if you're a 70-year-old retired guy and just want to, you know, you have a beer on the weekend and you want to learn some skills. Everything in that gap, you can make it really hard for a, a, an attacker to attack you, right? We can get into it later, but there's all these cues that people look for and these attackers and these assholes. Well, you can flip the switch and say, okay, I'm going to walk out of this house because I know how to fight and protect myself. I'm going to have a little help in my step. I'm going to have a little bit bigger chest and like, I'm the wrong one to fuck with today. So these are the things I kind of teach and go over and, and I'm going to have a class next. No, I don't even know what date it is um, right now. Next month, we're having a class and we go over the basics and it's just basically teaching the fundamentals of how to be hard to kill. It's the fundamentals of self-defense. It's situational awareness, right? Because it it's not just fists and cut and, and hitting and kicking and doing all that stuff. It's spotting danger before it comes a threat. 
So we work on situational awareness, striking. Obviously, now the threat is in your space. You have to act. You have a lot of weapons right here without, you know, without obvious weapons of knives and guns and stuff. These are weapons. These are weapons. You utilize them. Um, and then when the fight goes to the ground, you don't ever want to go to the ground. But let's be honest, 95 percent of fights go to the ground. So you need to have basic skills there as well. And so I've wrapped them all into a, in, in, into one. And that's what I teach. And that's what I promote. And that's what I'm always about and talking about and just spreading the word on getting that average person to make them hard to kill. Beautiful. Jordan Peterson has that phrase of you have to be dangerous in this world. And uh, and I really believe that if you don't have the capability of being dangerous, you will always be at the mercy of those who are. And yeah. so you'll get pushed around in life. You will avoid certain experiences. You will always have a demeanor that shows weakness. When you meet with people and maybe these are your clients or individuals coming to you with questions, is it almost like you have to confront the shadow or the confront the, the side of you that you buried deep down inside and said, hey, society doesn't like this. So I better be very subtle and weak and avoid everything that maybe looks like danger. But the more you're prepared for it, you have a confidence, you have an awareness, and you become a true leader, not just out at the bar two in the morning, but wherever you go, you live without fear. What do you say about that? Yeah, and that also inspired me. There's a story, and I think I put it in the book, where one of our friends has a 20-year-old kid, and he has a, a good-looking girlfriend. He's scared to go to bars. He's scared to go on surf trips. He's scared to do things because if somebody approaches his girlfriend, we've all had this, right? Where, hey, your, your girl's coming home with me tonight. He's scared of that confrontation. In his head, he's built up that wall of it's going to happen. And maybe it already has. I don't know. But he doesn't want to put himself in that environment. Amazing. Because he doesn't know how to defend himself. And to me, that's gut-wrenching. If you are changing your lifestyle because you are letting these assholes win, right? They're winning the battle before you even walk out of the house because they have mentally screwed you. They're sitting, I mean, if you turn on the news right now, I can guarantee you the first half hour, the first 10 stories are going to be about robbery, home invasion, some kind of violence, right? And so I stopped watching the news for obvious reasons, but a lot of people do and they get scared and they go, I'm going to walk out of this house and there's going to be three guys waiting out there. And I think that too, I'm always, as soon as I walk out of there, I have a you know color code of where, like a traffic light, green, yellow, red. I'm green right now. I'm chilling. I know what's going on around me. I know where my family is. But as soon as I walk out of that house, I'm yellow, right? And not, and I always tell people this, I'm not army crawling to my truck and like, yeah, yeah. I'm, doing all, I'm not living that life, but because I know how to fight and I know how to protect myself, I'm on cue, right? I'm, I'm, there's certain things that I'm aware of. Is that car out of out of out of place? Is that person walking a little suspiciously? But I'm not doing it where I'm a nervous wreck. I'm never paranoid. Like if I go to Disneyland or something that's highly populated, I'm a little bit more on cue, right? But I'm still having fun. My my kid doesn't know. Well, my kid does. He's he's a fighter too, and he 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 actually says the cues and the safe words and stuff as well. But um, yeah, when people are so fearful to go out of their house or to do or change anything in their routine, whether it goes to the gym in the morning. Oh, I saw a big guy, you know, one in my, my bench and I was, whatever scares you, whatever your fears are, because you're physically not able to defend yourself is gut wrenching to me. <laughs> and because I have the ability to, like, I I've surrounded myself in the fight community where there's no people like that in my world. Like we, you know, I have real savages and killers. I have badass individuals 
And so to hear stories like that is what I want to help people with. I want to say, hey, you don't need to live in fear and you don't need to be a UFC fighter to do that. You don't need to be an ex-Navy SEAL. You don't have to have years of training. You just need to learn the fundamentals. You need to learn a little bit how to carry yourself. And then if you are going to carry weapons, train to use them, but hit the pads, right? If you don't, if you've never thrown a proper punch and you know, you throw one of these little haymakers, most of the time, these guys don't know how to fight, right? And, and that might deter them. But if you know how to throw a proper one-two punch, that's all it could take to drop this guy. And now, obviously, you're not going to keep pounding them. There's rules and there's regulations and there's moral code. But you get away. You break space. You create enough space to where you can run. You can move your family to the, a safer location. But that's what I want to train people is to, you know, a lot of girls say, well, I'm only this size. I can't do anything if a 6'5", 200-pound guy gets at me. And I'm not saying fight them toe to toe. I'm not saying challenge them like, hey, I know jujitsu. Let's go. No, what if the guy gets into your space and comes at you, there's little things you can do to make a guy jump. It doesn't matter how big you are. If you get popped in the nose, your nose is watering, you can't see, right? It doesn't matter if you're six five or five two. There's certain things that you can do that are gonna create enough time for you to run, right? And that's yeah. what I want to help people with is get over that fear. There's little things that you can do doesn't matter your size, age, whatever, take all that out of the window. We're all human beings. We all have weapons. I mean, these are razor blades. My dog agrees. These are razor blades when you drop them on somebody's head, man. They they oh, just watch Glover Teixeira, 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 the UFC fighter last week, got elbows on both of his eyebrows and they open up and that's what elbows do. So yeah, I, I, I get passionate. I go off the rails. So just reel me back in when you want. To yeah. I, I mean, that's good though. Uh, yeah. So in your, in your book, one of the chapters, one of my favorite chapters is called size doesn't matter. I say that all the time, you know, hopefully people pay attention to me when I say that, but uh, yeah, dude. Uh, um, when it comes to fighting. So I grew up watching Mike Tyson fights with my dad and, and there's two things my dad gave me. I really do believe it's like a chip on his shoulder, right? And the, the anger, the rage, uh, and his height. All right. So I, maybe they're combined, but I definitely got these two. And I think, and I remember talking to you about this, like if I'm ever in a fight, I got two minutes of pure insanity. I mean, I can rely on my rage and anger and pure energy. And I have a great shot for two minutes, but after that two minutes, man, I'm in trouble. I think so. It's almost like I got to rely on that. You are all about, okay. And this is what Joe Rogan said on a recent podcast. Hey, I'm going to let somebody burn themselves out in two minutes. And then at that two minute mark, then we're going to fight. And it really, it really like sunk in. Hey, if I'm meeting somebody who knows how to fight way more than I, then man, they're going to wait till I just burn out and then they put it on me. So what do you say about those people out there who are reading your book, watching your videos, and they're saying, I got two minutes in me. I can definitely fight for two minutes. So don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm already hard to kill. I would say nobody who doesn't train has two minutes in them. I would say 20. 20 is long. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Okay. So maybe I'm just, yeah. And Mike, I'm going to test that because I'm going to, you know. I know. Try, like It's like anything, right? You say like you're in football shape or you're in swimming shape or a surfing shape. You think you're in shape for whatever that you're, you know, you go on long runs and all that. And that might, you, you might outrun me, right? But two minutes in a fight. <laughs> where your life may be online. Like I go to jujitsu every night. We did three minute rounds last night and we're fucking gassed. Like we do this all the time. And three minute rounds, 
Oh, I'm gonna test. I'm gonna test you on your well, two minutes. That's the thing, though. It, yeah. it will never be a simulated real life experience because I actually like you guys, and I'm not gonna want to kill you guys. It's like <laughs> I always think in a in a in a street fight, right? I'll just go ballistic. I could rely on this sudden rage. But when I'm training with somebody, I don't think I'll ever be able to tap into that real rage. I, I, am I wrong on that? You won't. You won't have rage. But when somebody Last night I got caught up in a choke and my pride, pride's a motherfucker. It, it was sitting there and I'm like, I'm not going to tap to this guy. And so I was able to, enough time to get my fingers in there and do it. But when you roll like that, or if you're doing Muay Thai and you're getting hit and you're just, you know, shelling up and people are dropping bombs on you, you will be in stressful. This is what I tell you. So, so you have your two minutes of rage, right? Yeah. Have you ever tested that in a sparring match? Because even sparring is going to drain you. Because now you might have your two minutes. You've, you've put two minutes you, you know, on that mental clock on. And you're saying, I got two minutes of fight or flight, right? I'm going to destroy somebody in two minutes. Have you ever gone into a sparring session or anything for, let's say, one minute, right? Or even hit the bag for one minute. Like yeah, you, you know, I've hit the bag. Gotta, so, you know, like if you do it, like I'll do five three minute rounds of hitting the bag and i simulate okay if this guy does this i do footwork i do that and it's exhausting so what i tell people is because in my book i i you know a lot, a lot of people say i'll see red and i'll be fine <laughs> well you know it's just like saying i have a gun i've never taken a class about shooting but i have a gun it's a false sense of security you have to train with that gun so with you and and, and people like who say they see a color you have to put yourself in stressful situations so like, you know, sparring a black belt or, or sparring a, like a, we have Ian McCall at our gym. He's going to be one of the instructors. If you go at him and I'm 6'2", 215, Ian's about 5'6", I don't know, bucks 50. He tears me apart. There's not, not even a competition in the levels that we are. And so if I think on the street, just because a guy is smaller and I go, oh, I, 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 I can go up against killers. Well, you got to go up against that in real life, as close as you can get real life situations. We're going to have simulated attacks in the event coming up next week or next I month. Can't wait. Um, for that reason, because I can teach you all day long how to throw a combo one, two kick, right? Or an elbow or this or that. But nobody's going to come up to you and go, hey, Mike, you know, three o'clock high. I'm going to challenge you at three o'clock behind Ralph's grocery store. You got to be there. Okay. And then you get there. And then I get ready. I do my stretches and then I go, okay, are you ready? Let's fight. That's not how the real world attacks are going to happen. They're going to come at you from the side. They're going to come at you when you're ATM and you're poking your numbers in there and getting your money. They're going to come at you at the gas station. They're going to come at you at all these different angles. So you need to train being attacked at all these different angles. So when people say that and they're like, oh, I don't need to train. Or I get this all the time because of the posts that I make. I'm like, look at this. What This is what happened here. This is what happened here. Or, or this is a good one. What's your best martial art for self-defense? And I got people saying gun. I got people going, I don't need self-defense. I know what I'm doing. Well, I'm not going to say I know how to fly a jet because I watched Top Gun. I got to put the repetitions in. I got to do the movements. I got to put the time and energy. Just like, like if I came to you and you said, hey, Josh, you need to write a book. Oh, I've read thousands of books. I know how to do it. And I just go do it. It's not the same. Like even with fighting. You got to put the reps in. You got to do the repetition. You got to go in, be consistent. That's one of my four principles of being hard to kill is consistency. You got to do all these things and you got to be consistent with it. And that's not just fighting. That's going to the gym. 
That's watching your 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 diet. You you know, no, not a lot of alcohol. You, maintaining this, this is your temple. Because what I say too is like some people who weigh three hundred pounds and they say, oh, I can see red and I'll do this for two minutes. Well, you can't even run twenty steps without falling over your beer belly. How are you going to last? Because you see this color, right? Yep. So you got to put the repetition in, and you got to go through the mo, you know, through the training. And I, again, I'm not saying go six days a week. Like you know, there's we do this kind of stuff and we love it. But for the average person, once a week, twice a week, go to a seminar here, go to a weekend course here, go to a self defense class here, start absorbing it, and you'll realize that what you thought you could do in two minutes is going to be a life changing experience. Because, and I'm going to run you through it next oh, month. Oh man, maybe but, I should uh, bring that down to a minute. I think I said a minute, didn't I? <laughs> Oh, I'm put. We got the timer set two set a timer for two minutes. Go, and we're gonna we're gonna come at you. You got you signed the waiver already, right? No, I don't know if I did. I gotta I gotta double check that. Uh, yeah, but but what I realized, you know, even when it comes to speaking on stage, it's not a you're not a great speaker when everything's going right. It's whenever things go wrong, when the when the crowd is not into it yet, or technical difficulties, even whenever you're putting together something like this, if everything runs smoothly for you, then that's one thing. But when things go wrong, that's when you're able to see who knows what, right? So uh, that's what I've kind of taken and applied to even self-defense. Like maybe I do have one or two punches in me or take it to the ground, but what is that automatic response? Wait, let me give you a real quick uh, response to that real uh, fresh on my social media, which has like 10 million views. I just reposted somebody else's. Um, a cholo, they're in a, they're in. I actually think it was in Huntington Beach out here, but a cholo is sitting there and he's getting ready to square off. And a guy's going, No, 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 I don't want any part, right? Trained versus untrained. So this cholo probably thought, Hey, I got I'm a I'm a I'm an essay, I got some skills. I went against the homeboys. Is this in the parking garage? Yeah. Yeah. And so oh, what does he this. do? Guys, go watch this. He takes off his jack or his his oversized t-shirt. Now he's got his wife beater on. And what does he do? He takes one last hit of his cigarette. And then he goes, let's go. And he starts charging the guy. The train fighter says, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But once he got into that space, he kicked it. He, he went high, kicked his leg low, right? The guy dropped. Guy, and he got kept backing up because he had his, the, uh, the Cholo guy had his friends over. So he was back, you know, keeping space, keeping space, keeping his threats in front of him. The guy ran out of the exact same tactic. And then the guy did a one-two, went low, picked him up, double leg takedown. The guy Ow. cracked the back of his head. He was out cold. And I can guarantee you that guy thought he could fight. He thought he was good. Maybe he did have some street fights that he was able to win. But you go against a trained fighter who's done this, who put the repetitions in, who's who's done three-minute rounds, six-minute rounds, whatever. That guy, you go to my social media, official Josh Brisbane, it's um, Instagram, and you can see the video of a trained person who's put the rounds in versus a guy who sits back, smokes, and drinks and doesn't you know, go to the training let's watch a couple UFC events or watch a couple Rocky movies. And that's the difference right there is when you see these street fights and you'll see the train versus untrained train wins 99.9% of the time. Yeah. It's the automatic response in your book. You talk about go to the gym and get hit in the face and you yeah. got to feel what that's like because something inside of you clicks. I remember whenever I was a kid, I was in a couple fights and I remember, and I guess my automatic response is, okay, the guy hit me. I'm going right at him. I don't think that is in everybody. I get right. hit. Whoa, I don't know what that's like. I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to run away now. Yeah. You have to get hit in the face to know exactly how you're going to respond when that happens, right? And people think that I'm sadistic by saying that. And it's like, I'm not, 
I'm not a barbarian. I'm not like, you know, I love watching UFC fights and I do a lot of the weird stuff to most people. But if you're the first time that you've ever gotten hit in the face is when you're getting robbed. I got news for you. The, the bad person, the predator attacker is not going to stop just because you curl up in a fetal position and say, please stop. They're going to continue. To, I mean, watch any nature show. The, the lions go after the weak ones and they destroy them. They eat them and they all that fun stuff. They don't go after the strong bulls who are walking around, you know, looking like they know what they're doing. So I tell people, go into a controlled environment. You know, you don't say, excuse me, I want to get hit in the face. You're going to, you know, the, all instructors at every fight studio, 99.9 of them are great people. They're honorable people. They're not going to feed you to the wolves, but you're going to learn how to take a punch, right? There's ways to absorb it. There's ways to block it. There's ways to parry. There's different tactics you can do, but you do need to get hit. There's, I've been hit so hard in training and practice. I don't think anybody in the street ever is going to hit me that hard. I'm, I'm 47 now. I don't put myself in environments to be hit, but I can tell you, I've been in some bar fights and I'm, I don't remember any of those punches. I remember taking hard hits in sparring sessions and, and this and that. Um, and I've been in a cage with a freaking beast and he took my head off, but there's nobody in the street that's going to hit harder than the people I put myself in front of. And it's not that I love getting hit, right? I block, I do all that, but I've taken hard hits, you know, on a, on a pretty constant basis that nobody in the street, doesn't matter how badass you look, I'm not worried about it. You know, I don't go out and go, hey, I bet I could take your punch. Let's go. Like, I don't antagonize people. I don't look for conflict. But I know in my head, I've taken a thousand different punches from badass individuals that I'm not scared of little Johnny badass on the street who thinks he's tough. So, yeah, get hit in the face to know what your reaction is going to be. And I'm not saying it's bad. If you, you know, fight or flight, if you have it, you know, we talked about it before where you don't know if you have it until you're in that situation. And mm -hmm. there's badass Navy SEALs who have the flight one, right? We talked about Henry Rollins, uh, singer of Black Flag, punk rock. He's known for confrontational uh, talks and all this stuff. He went on a documentary with scientists and all this chemistry, you know, chemists and stuff and said, hey, I want to know if I have it. What is it? And let's let's dissect it. And at the very end. He's like, all right, he, he put his blood work in or however they were trying to distinguish who had it. And it came out that he didn't have it. Wow. He didn't have what it took, you know, and, and obviously he can say, okay, I do have it. I've been in fights. I've done this. But his chemical, his biological chemical, you know, presence or whatever it is, as scientists, they were just like, no, you don't carry that gene that makes it, you know, we've, we've done all these Navy SEALs. We've done all these combat soldiers and they check the boxes, right? Your DNA doesn't have that. And he was blown away. I was blown away. I was like, holy crap, that's Henry Rollins. Like, he's a badass individual. But Scary dude back know. in the 90s. Yeah. And you never know until you get put in that situation. And so, like, I'm trying to teach people that, you know, I have a certain, like, like, like Liam Neeson says, I have a particular set of skills that I've acquired and I never really have to use them out in the street. Right. But I'd rather have them and never have to use them than need them and not know what to do. So that's kind of my mentality. That's my my kind of mission statement is, you know, I'm selling insurance, right? You have homeowners insurance, you know, very rarely. Well, that's topic. I just repiped my house and I did have to use some stuff. But you, you have flood insurance out here in California, you have earthquake insurance. We have a big earthquake maybe every once every seven years, but I pay health, earthquake insurance. So why wouldn't I pay insurance on my own safety and my own protection? Great way to look at it. So it's just like, it's something in the back of my mind that I can control, control the controllables. If you come at me and I've never put the time in, I never put the work in and I, know, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I mean, fuck, it's on him as well, but it's also on me. I got to take some responsibility because I never stepped up and did what I had to do to learn to protect myself and my family. Back then, it was just myself. I was only worried about me. I was very vain. I was in my 20s. But now it's all about these two. That's it. And I'll do some nasty shit to protect them. The uh, You said something, I think, during the book interview, and you said, even a weekend class will give you such an advantage. And I compared that to even playing guitar, right? If you take a few classes of playing guitar, you can learn a lot, right? The basics. Yeah. Yeah. And you can impress some people, whether even it's on a first date. You, I, I got a few songs down. It's impressive yeah. enough, right? Yeah. When it comes to fighting, a weekend class here and there, you are miles ahead of the average person. So what do you say about that? Just getting a little bit in, maybe joining the, the local boxing gym or the jujitsu gym just for every once in a while. And then you might learn to love it and want to do more. But just a little bit of the time will give you a major advantage. Yeah, I read this somewhere. I can't put where the quote was, but like 90, 95% of the population, men, women, doesn't matter, is afraid of conflict, right? They avoid wow. it like a plague. They they curl up. They don't want to do it. So if you go to like, let's say one a quarter, one every three months of a self-defense, it could be one day, could be two days, could be a tactical training, whatever it is to sharpen your skills, you're ahead of 95% of the population. Like let that sink in. It's like crazy. People don't want to, you know, they avoid conflict like the plague, right? They avoid going out of their house or scary situations and mentally, whatever. If you just go to a little bit, a small portion, you're ahead of 95% of the population. So, yeah, there's nothing. I don't, I've never walked away and I've done tons of events and, and tactical training and stuff. I've never walked out and go, well, that sucks. I'm dumber for doing, doing that. I've always walked out of there. I'm like, yeah, there's things I need to improve. I wasn't really good at this part, but I like, like my fighting career in the freaking early, you know, when I was 20 or something, I absorbed it like a sponge, just like in masterminds that we're in for business. Absolutely. If I'm, if I'm not here at this level, how do I expedite getting there? Oh, join a mastermind where there's people who've already done what I'm trying to do. Right. Same thing with fighting, right? You just surround yourself with people who are I don't want to say killers in the bad term, but like badass individuals, savages. And there's not one fight studio. I know some bad apples, but there's not one fight studio I've been to where they're not super giving of their time. They're not, they're, they're, they're super gracious. You're there. They, we know we had two new students last night and everybody approached them. Hey, I'm Josh. I'm Bob. I'm whatever. You know, how, what is this your first time? It was a, a couple, a guy and a girl. And you could tell they were nervous and they should be. They're entering into a new realm that is foreign to people. Um, we love it. We engage in it. We're there all the time. My nine-year-old son trains. To, to us, it's just like another you know Tuesday, right? To these two individuals, and I, I didn't talk to them a whole lot, but I don't know if something bad happened to them that made them go in there, but I don't care what the reason is. They're in there and that's inspiring. So we all we've all been the first person in the gym, right? We all have that experience. So we all go out of our way to make it pleasant for them, make, make them want to come back, make it. I mean, and that's most every gym I've ever been to. You got killers in there. You guys, you, every gym has people that will tear your arm up and beat you over the head if you provoke them. But when you don't, when they're just sitting there, like right now we're having a conversation, I'm as polite as can be. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. But they, we all have that, you know, a warrior in a garden or a gardener in a war. We're all very respectful, calm people because we have that ability to destroy people. Um, so back to that couple, 
we just urge them to come back. We're super nice. And, and that's, it, it, it should be how humans are in general, but the fight community really has, has harnessed that experience and that, that just human level of, of kindness because we have, we, we can go yin and yang, right? For me, my yin and yang is surfing and jujitsu surfing. I can go out there and have some fun, the waves, talk to some dolphins and do whatever. And then, at, you know, when I go to my training in jujitsu and fighting, it's like, I can get some aggression out. I can get this. I'm learning. I'm doing this. I'm putting myself in stressful situations that I normally wouldn't be. I'm 47. I don't have to go over there and get guys tying my neck up and almost killing me, but I love it. And I'm learning. And I, I, I just, I, I love it. That's, <laughs> that's what I want to do. Well, some of the nicest people that I've ever worked with or met have a background in, in martial arts. Like they can fight really well. Uh, I was yeah. on Nick Labagna's, Labagna's uh, podcast. You know, Nick, right? I've been on it as well. He's been on mine. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the nicest guys you ever meet. And then there are individuals who have seen me on that podcast. They're like, do you know, Nick is like a serious, like trained killer. So much yeah. of a badass, you would never even know it. I'm like, really? I knew you could fight and all that, but individuals who really know how to protect themselves and do damage. I don't know. There's a trend that they are maybe a little bit more soft-spoken, maybe more humble because they've seen what yeah. real, real, uh, bloodbaths could be like so um is there any trend that you've noticed a hundred percent the same thing because i met nick and we, we were in mastermind together i met him in person at uh the event in june in ohio and um he was buzzing around and he said he texted me while i was in one of the presentations and said hey josh i got i got um stipe miocic is a ufc heavyweight fighter one of the best he says i got his bjj coach down here you want to meet him I'm like, yeah. I said, babe, I was with my wife. I said, babe, hold on. I'm going out. And I went and he's a lawyer, but he's also a black belt and the head coach for Stipe, the nicest guy in the world. Like, and he was just, he's wearing a suit. He was getting ready to go to the courthouse. Just the nicest guy in the world. And to me, I just sat there like a kid in a candy store. He's like Yoda, right? Anybody high level like that. Yeah. I just sit there and, you know, we're not arrogant. Like, oh, I bet I could tap you out this way. I bet I can do this. Cause he was smaller than me. I don't think that at all. I'm like, holy shit, the knowledge of this guy's brain. If I would be stupid not to just sit back and let and let him talk and learn. Right. And he was very cordial. He was very respectful. We actually, me and um TJ, you know, TJ White. Oh, yes. Yeah. We did a private with him the next day at uh Stipe's gym out in Ohio. So there's not if you if you really dive into the sport or, or mixed martial arts in general, I'm I'm in jujitsu and boxing and Muay Thai, um, it, but I'm sure it goes for Taekwondo and karate. You'll find nothing but respectful human beings, yep. and uh, there are bad apples. And if you find them, just go to another place. Like I get all the time asked, you know, what to look for in a new gym, and um, I tell them, you know, go to go to a few places and you know talk to the instructor. Are they good people? Are they saying, hey, go do this and then sit back on their phone and just totally not care? You want an involved person who cares about your well-being, cares about your learning process. And that's everybody who I've really met in the fight community. So anytime you get a chance like Nick, Nick's a killer. You just I've never rolled with him because he had a busted hand. He couldn't go to the training. But look who he's hanging out with. Oh, yeah. He's hanging out with uh, Matt Sarah, who's a freaking killer. He's hanging out with uh, 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 Quinta. I forget his first name, but he's go on social media and you'll see that guy surrounds himself with bad asses. And so, yeah, I, I have the highest respect for Nick and anybody in the game, really. Like I have people here in my gym, you'll meet them. Um, 
who just, you know how much information they have, you know how much knowledge and experience they have. It's just, you know, it's kind of like meeting Shaq or somebody you respect very highly or watch and you, you grow up watching, you, like you meet him and you're just like, holy shit, like, like Ian McCall now, right? He, he trains with us. He's one of my trainers and coaches. Um, when I first met him, I had him on podcast first and then I met him afterwards and now we train together. But like just the wealth of knowledge that guy has, like you, you know, just I just sit and, at, and talk and ask questions. Like we, when we were rolling partners, I'm like, hey, how do you do this? This, 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 and that. And you just absorb it. You could be a dick and be like, oh, whatever. But I've never met those people. I've only met people who want to pursue it and ask questions and learn and are eager about the process. And that's most of the fight community. So you mentioned the DM Alliance and, and the masterminds you're a part of. I think that was a mm-hmm. crucial um, step for me to realize like, wow, where am I weak at? Well, you know what? If shit hits the fan, I don't really feel confident in this part of my life, you know, or this part. So I started to analyze and took and started taking uh, inventory of what I was very good at and what I was weak at. So do you think just by being in those masterminds, like, you know, when it comes to marketing or sales and business and leadership and your ability to put on a podcast, that's one thing. But then you start to analyze your relationships mm-hmm. and how you are as a family man. And then it comes down to how can you defend yourself? So being in these masterminds helped me realize I need to up my game when it comes to self-defense. Are you noticing that too? And it's crazy how I'm in, we're, we're both in these rooms. They're fixing every part of their life. So it kind of like spills off. Once they become self-aware in one area, it springs into another part of their life and they start to work on it. Are you noticing that too? Yeah. I 100%. I was one of the people, I've been an entrepreneur since 2011. And you you might know this, we put our heads down and we solve all of our own problems. We very rarely reach out and ask for help. We very rarely like hire people, right? Um, I'm looking at three whiteboards right now, just tons of shit on it. So when, when masterminds for me, like the first one I ever got in was Sean Whalen. Um, you know, and his message is a little vulgar for some, but I, you know, I, there I met Mark and there I've met some others. And, and, and it's just, it's allowed me. And what's impressed me the most is it allows, it got me out of my shell. I've asked for help. I asked the group that we're in when you mentioned it, uh, DM Alliance. It blows me away that people are so kind of like the fight community. So giving other time, so willing to help other individuals who are, you know, I look at it as like this masterminds. Some of my friends are like masterminds. What the heck is that? Like a guru, like you're Tony Robbins. Like you don't understand. Like I go into this group and there's people that have already or are, or still doing accomplishing what I want to be. So instead of going to college, instead of going to YouTube university, I'm in a room now with a hundred people who already, or are in the further along process of what I've done. So why wouldn't I expedite that? And so now I'm in a group like, like that's how I met you and not to, you know, cause I'm on your podcast now. I watch what you're doing and it inspires me like, damn it. He, he's got 20,000 revenue streams coming. He's adding a new one every week. I'm like, damn it. My, Mike, my man is killing it. So I look at people, you Frazier, TJ, and you know, those are the ones that I gravitate to. And we talk quite a bit about stuff It's inspiring. And, you know, it's not, and I got to say, I, other mastermind groups, you know, Sean Whalen was kind of like this, but Mark is so giving of his time. I've had conversations with him offline. Um, my wife has as well. We text back. He, he was at uh, a beach and his kid was boogie boarding and he texted me a picture and he said, you think he's ready? 
like who who else has mentors who think of them on a Sunday afternoon? Damn right. And just you know, and just shoot the shit. So to me, the authenticity is there with that one in particular. Um, I'm in some other ones, and it's just it's gotten me out of my shell. It's taught me different ways of approaching, you know, not looking at the same stubborn eyes that I have. You know, I'm I'm you know, being a fighter, I'm like, I'll figure it out and I'll do it, right? I'll keep grinding. I'll keep grinding, grinding. But if this person's already fought that battle successfully, and I ask, I can go ask them the question, like, "Hey, how did you do this? How did you do that?" And what's blown me away about it is they're like, "Oh, let's get on a call. Let's get on a Zoom call. I'll walk you through it." I'm like, "What? There's people out there willing to give up their time and help me and do all this stuff." So, I have not nothing but great things to say, and I know everybody has their opinion on masterminds, and they might think they're shit or not. Um. I'm not here to sell you on one or another. I mean, if you want to come in mine, awesome. If you want to come in Mike's, great. But for me, they're just very beneficial. My wife even told Mark in person, "Hey, I just want to, you know, thank you. Josh has really got a new fire under him, and it's lit. You know, I know he's a hard worker, but he's branching out more, and he's out of his shell, and he's doing more. And so Mark's like, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, I think if you get a chance, you know, obviously find the ones that work for you. There's obviously ones out there that the whoever's leading it never gets involved and they're just like pushing their stuff and whatever. Um, There's other ones that are great. And just like anything, like fighting, like anything, car shopping, do your research, do your due diligence. Is it a group for you? Do you connect with the people? Do you like the message that the the, the, whoever's running it is giving? Can you click and then pursue it? Um, But I got I still get so much not even trolls because they're my friends talking shit on social media about oh mastermind i'm like okay that's why you're not in it because exactly like like mark says you know the king of the dinglings right if i get around every sunday and six you know six of us are bitching about football and the stats of this and aaron Rodgers can't throw a football and then i go back monday and do the same i mean it's like an ostrich hitting his head on the sand (laughs) It's, it's i gotta look at the mirror and say it's on me right so None of my friends are in masterminds, you know, none of the groups are, you know, I, I started out actually um, reel me in if you need to. I went to uh, Toastmasters about five years ago, and that really opened my eyes to people outside of my norm, not fighters, not this, not that, not the normal people I would hang out with. And I was blown away by their kindness. They just wanted to help. Right. And so mm-hmm. I really took it in. COVID shut it down because uh, we couldn't get together in, in, uh, in out here in California. But I loved it. I love the experience. I love the growth that I got out of it. I actually ended up becoming the VP of membership. And I was the one I walked in there scared shitless to talk in front of people. And then I was the VP of membership pulling people in. And when they came in, I signed them up, did all the paperwork. So um, it's just about growth in every avenue. I have a fight one. Um, you have yours. Mark has his. There's there's tons of stuff out there. You just got to do your research and find the one that works for you. Yeah, it's a personal development journey. There is something that is so exciting about seeing how far you can take this vessel of yours, right? How far can you take what you know and what you have been given and uh, see what you can transform into? Uh, and it's not even just about the money and even all the toys and all that. It's like, it's like, who can I become along the way? How great of a speaker can I really become? How great of a fighter or a leader or just a manager or just an inspiration, a symbol? So uh, yeah, being around individuals at, at a high level, it just rubs off on you. It gives you the confidence. And then you start to take an inventory of your life and say, where else am I weak at? 
let me find more experts. And that just forces you to join new programs and learn new things, which is awesome. You have an event coming up. I want to get to this. February 25th and 26th. Is that the right dates? Something that is like correct. that. February 26th. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's out there in California. What's yep. that? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you make this promise that you're going to eat me on a surfboard while I'm out there. I'm, I'm still putting my money down on that ain't happening, but we'll see whenever you get me into that uh, zone. Um, tell me a little bit about this event, because if there's some tickets available, if there are, you know, I know we'll be talking about it inside the inner circle. What is this event for or what are you trying to accomplish with it? Yeah. So this event actually was inspired from our mastermind guy. Uh, I don't know if we could say it here, but Mark, Mark Evans says, yeah. Hey, I wear the hat everywhere. People ask me about yeah. this hat. I'm like, number one, it matches my colors, which is awesome. But number yeah. two, the dude changed my life. So that's why I wear it. Yeah. My, my, mine's right there. Um, we just moved. So I, that one's definitely there, but I have all this other stuff, but anyway, so you don't wear the hat. Okay. We, I know where you are on the, the, the level then. <laughs> if you're not promoting yourself, who's going to <laughs> Mark, do you see this? Who's wearing the hat? No. Look at, look at me. And then Mark's right here. He's always got my back. That's it. He's always got my back. Thank you, DM. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have an event, a live event, Mar uh, February 25th, February 26th. Um, he inspired me. He said, pick dates and then reverse engineer it. How are you going to do it? Um, so what I've done is I got my, uh, it's basically the fundamentals of self-defense, right? I can go and elaborate on everything and this and that. It's you, you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to have any experience in fighting. You, you could be the person who's never gotten hit in the face. Um, I want to teach the average person the skills that you'll need if you are ever attacked on the street or how to. So there's 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 components of it. Situational awareness, striking groundwork. Right. Those are three components of, uh, you know, how, how to stay hard to kill. So we we're going to do that. I first and Mark persuaded me not to do this i was going to have a 10-hour course and just we're going to fight all day because that's what i love those yeah. are some of the courses that i've taken um i've taken tim kennedy's and we did weapons for six or no we did hand-to-hand -hand combat for six hours and then he's like all right you got 20 minutes to get to the range and then we shot for six hours um and i loved it right i do realize that not everybody wants to do that for 10 hours so i dropped it down we got eight hours um and we're going to do Situate, we're going to do striking, right, with Ian McCall. Ian McCall is an ex-UFC veteran. He's a badass individual. He's been fighting his whole life. Um, like I said, I learn from him every day. So to have access to that guy is incredible. Um, he's going to be teaching the striking. And not just striking as in, okay, the bell rings, and now you're bobbing and weaving, you're throwing a right, you're throwing a cross, you're throwing this. It's throwing strikes under stressful situations. You're walking to your car with your groceries, and you get attacked. How do you strike? You mm. can't just, oh, wait, hold on. Let me put the, the bags down and then turn and now start squaring up and doing your thing. You might have to throw an elbow. You might have to throw a hammer fist. You, there's different ways and different things that you can throw in different situations. So he's going to work on the striking with you. Then we're going to have my BJJ black belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a black belt. He's my uh, professor, instructor, coach, uh, Alex Aguilar. Uh, and if you guys want more information on it, go to my my Facebook. I'm introducing them week by week until we get there. But Alex Aguilar is a killer. Um, he's a business guy. Um, he he's an entrepreneur. I had him on my pod, my podcast because he was a, a black belt. And it turns out he's a real estate investor. Um, he just finished his flip uh, his own house. He built it out in Joshua Tree out here in California from the ground up. 
And now he's renting out his Airbnbs. The guys blew me away. We talked about jujitsu, but we also talked about investing and all this other stuff. Um, again, like I've said before, you don't want to go to the ground in a street fight. Nothing ever good happens on the ground because they could have friends that you weren't aware of. Anybody could take a cheap shot at you. But 95% of the fights do go to the ground. So you need to learn how, one, how to fall, right? Two, how to get up quickly. Three, this is your computer. This is what you need to protect. So once this shuts down and get knocked out, the rest is going to get screwed. They might stab you. They might do whatever. You got to protect the computer. So all this stuff on the ground is what you're going to learn defensively. And then if you need to break an arm, you need to choke somebody out. He's going to teach you that as well. Um, and then we have situational awareness. I have, it's funny because as the kids class, we were sitting there and I sat next to this guy for probably three months before I started talking to him. And now we roll together. but. He is a high level, 23 years into the Marines. I'm not an ex-military, so I don't want to tarnish like sergeant or whatever. He's a high level guy. I went to a, a, a ceremonial run with him. And when people of the Marines see him, they stop and they salute him. I'm like, damn, dude, you're a big, you're a, you're a, you're a head honcho. He's like, yeah, but not today, not today. Because it was remembering the 13 lives that we lost when we tried to uh, um, leave Afghanistan. Um, so we were doing a run for that. And these guys, everybody stopped and, and, and sir, yes, sir. And all of this stuff. And he said, not today. It's not about me. So he's a high level Marine. He teaches Marines how to go into combat, what to look for, uh, situational awareness up the wazoo, right? We're not training you guys to go to war, but what? how do you implement what he knows into your daily lives? Going to a restaurant to eat, going to pump gas, going to the gym, walking out of the gym. Any, all of these things, there's, way, there's mental checklists you can do that are easy. It's not like, oh, wait, let me, let me get my checklist. Okay. I'm not carrying my phone. I'm not doing, no, you just, you, you hear it so much and you practice it and you look for it. Like I tell you now, go outside of your house and just look at all the threats. Does that person look off? Does that car drive a little too fast in my neighborhood? There's all these little cues that you just start absorbing. You start thinking it's just second nature to you now. Um, but he's going to go over that. I have Nick Smith um, he's an ex-pararescue guy in um, armed forces. Damn it. I forget the damn special force guy, whatever. <laughs> he owns his own security company and he knows, this is how I describe it, uh, like a Jason or the John Wick and a Jason Bourne. When a fight comes to you, right, and you can't extend your full hand, they've already gotten into your space. How do you jack somebody up? How do you mm -hmm. break their hands? How do you break their fingers? How do you de 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 demobilize them to where they're no longer a threat? And he's a special in, in close quarter protection like that. Um, he has his own security company and he is a badass. He tied me up last night pretty hard. I rolled with him in jiu-jitsu. So he's also a brown belt. Um, I have a cop coming. I have a law enforcement officer who's going to teach you, talk to you about a criminal's behavior, their thought process, what they're going through. He's also going to talk to you about what our rights as civilians, what do, we, what do we have? What are our rights? Can we do this? X, Y, and Z legally. I'm out here in California. So my rights are kind of fucked from the beginning. <laughs> so, but he'll give you the, he obviously he's not a cop in Ohio or Florida. He'll give you the basics. Right. And then you can uh, find out the more information of your, in your area. Um, we got a couple other special guests and it's going to be ooh, another fun one. Um, small protection weapons, right? Not, not a conceal, not a, not a gun, but a small knife, pepper spray, tactical pin, Things that you can carry on your person that you need to learn how to use, right? You hear this all the time. Oh, I have pepper spray. 
Okay, grab it. Quick. Go, go, go. I'm attacking you. Oh, it's in the bottom of my purse. Hold on. Let me get it. Let me get it. Oh, and they get it and they spray themselves in the face, right? Because they haven't trained it. They haven't put the repetition in. They haven't even, they literally, and this is most people, they buy the product. Let's say it's pepper spray. Unpackage it. Oh, it's pink. This looks so pretty. Drop it in the purse. Now they think they're safe. Fucking blows me away. And my, my family's, my mom's, uh, <laughs> she does this. I said, mom, grab it quick. Oh, it's in there. It's my purse over there. Mom, I'm attacking you. Grab it. Oh, honey, it's over there. It's in the bottom of the purse. Oh, it drives me nuts. But you need to train this stuff. So we have a special guy. He's a problem god black belt. Um, he's a Kali expert, which is knife fighting, um, stick fighting, weapons, small weapons protection is what he specializes in. He's going to be there. Um, we're just going to basically make you hard to kill in two days. I'm not getting you ready to go take a UFC fight. I'm not calling Dana White and saying, hey, I got Mike Fowled over here. He took two-day event. He's ready to go. Um, I'll do that. (laughs) What I am going to do, though, is get you the awareness that you need to go out there and not live your life in fear, right? And then if anybody ever does come into your area or they do threaten your loved ones, you know a little bit more, mostly, than that guy knows. You know, Because most of these people have a mentality of they're druggies. They're out of their mind, their mental illness, whatever the case is. They're not coming straight out of Muay Thai class and using what they know to freaking rob you. It's junkies. It's, you know, whatever the case is, if you know a little bit more after these two days, you will, you'll be better off for it. Yeah. So, um, and go ahead. Yeah. What I always thought was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing to a certain extent. When I get around real players in business, now I start thinking, what would that person do in this situation? Same with yeah. fighting, right? Same with self-defense. Okay, if I'm just around the experts, it'll be that voice inside your head that will keep playing when you leave that gym late at night or whenever you go yeah. to that store. Hey, what would this person do in this situation, right? It's just reprogramming your brain based off of questions you're asking. What would the expert do? And that's it. Yeah. And I, there's a story in here, and I think you were blown away by this story, and I'll tell it real quick. Um, there was a, a, a two guys, they were friends, and one of them said, hey, my daughter's getting ready to go to college. Can she take your seminar? It was a two-day event on oh, a Oh, it's a great ship. story, guys. Yeah, she was on a cruise ship. And the guy says, oh, of course, you know, have her come in, blah, blah, blah. So this young lady gets there, and she's just the typical, I don't want to be here. I'm too good for this. I, I don't need to be here. But she was there because of her father made her go, blah, blah, blah. So she went there. She went to the two day event and the the guy instructor was like, yeah, this girl doesn't want to be here. I'm not going to make your, you know, whatever. Forward to about two, three years, however long ago it was, she comes up and says, hey, Mr. Smith, right? Do you remember me? He goes, no, I don't. She goes, I'm I'm Bobby's son or whatever. I'm making up these names. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. How are you doing? She goes, well, did you hear my dad tell you? He says, no, what happened? She goes, well, I was attacked in college. You know, just like my dad was worried about, I was attacked. And what happened was she was at her sorority or not her sorority. She was at her dorm and she was attacked. The guy, she woke up, the guy was on top of her. He's a big dude. And she said to the instructor, she goes, I was so scared, right? Obviously, like everybody would be. But she goes, I didn't even know I absorbed it. I didn't know it was there. She goes, I thought of your course and I thought what you said, remain calm wait for your moment to act and then act aggressively and do it. And she goes, I literally sat there. I waited till he took his hand because he was trying to rape me. He was trying to get one hand. One hand was on me. One hand was trying to undo his pants. And when that moment of break, his weight distribution got off of me, 
She made her move, need him, groan, whatever, got under the ground, one last step on the throat, and then ran, right? She ran away. Cops came back and she goes, What? He goes, Wow, you know what you did? You you killed him, but good for you. It was self-defense. And she and the guy was blown away. He says, What? He goes, You were that little blonde stuck up girl in the corner, didn't want to be here. And it actually so it, it saved her. It a hundred percent saved her, and it was blown away. It's in a book that I read. I read tons of uh, self-defense books, but I, I'll try to figure out which one it was. But you, it, it gets in there. However you absorb it, whether you read it, whether you fight and do it and take the classes, you'd be amazed at what sticks. I read tons of books and I like right now, I don't know what book it was, but I know it's in there. Right. Yeah. So these kind of things are like how fighting is It literally saved this woman's class or saved her life from a two day class that she didn't want to be at. So she, you can imagine she was probably just going through the motions of like, yeah, whatever, get me out of here. I want to go back to the pool or whatever the case may be. But it stuck with her. The lessons remained and she was able to think about it in a, in a stressful situation when her life was on the line. So I'm not saying, you know, everybody thinks that way. I would love to say that I would. I've never been in a, a, a you know, an attack like that to that level. But I would love to say that I would know how to react because I've put years of training into it. But I want to give people the tools of like, hey, look at, you know, in jujitsu, there's a thing called the guard. If you watch UFC at all, you get in kind of a rape situation, right? There's a guy here, you wrap your legs around him. That's called the guard. Well, that's how men rape women. So there's ways to get out of that. There, we do it all the time. We put ourselves in that situation. We don't call it rape scenario. We call it fighting out of the guard. There's ways to get out of it. There's ways to nasty, do things nasty to get out of it. We do jujitsu honorably, but there's also street jujitsu, right? And there's a way to get out of things that are going to make it very uncomfortable for that attacker. And so that's what, that's what we want to train you guys on. It's awesome. Yeah. Just a little bit can save your life. And, uh, and, and you're going to go surfing too. If you want to go surfing, come on over. Well, it's right down the street from the beach. We'll get you on a board too. From what I gathered from your website, it sounds like if you want to get the exact same feeling of surfing, you just watch two hours of point break. Is that what I gathered? So you have the option of watching point break or surfing. So yeah, we'll, well, I'm going to do, if you want the full point break experience, I'm going to go skydiving and we're going to, we're going to drop you down with some flippers and you'll land right in the surf spot. <laughs> nice. All right, me in for that. I am an FBI agent. If I get to wear uh, the ex-president's mask while I'm doing it, count me in, dude. See, look at, well, look at what masterminds. Now I'm thinking, how can I make that get the point break experience? Get the 300 experience, get the gladiator experience. I'm going to read. Now we're it. talking. I'd pay extra for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited though. February 25th and 26th, the uh, website, I'll have it down below, savagesyndicate.com, I believe is the one, right? Yeah. Um, there's a link on there. I'll send you the exact link. I'm going to close down um, registration next week because I got a lot of good, cool things for you guys. And I have to have the exact number by next week to get it all organized. So after a week from today, I'll be closing down registration. So I'll send you the link, but it is savagesyndicategroup.com. And then from there, you can go to the landing page and all that fun stuff. But I will send you the, the, the link exactly. Beautiful. I'm going to end it with this quote. Go ahead. Okay. And, and if, you, if you refer it, you send that link over um, and they do come and complete the course, I'll give you 150, whoever references the person, refers the person. Nice. Are you using First Promoter for that or is it something else? I was. And it was an absolute shit show. Oh, I <laughs> I got to show you. First Promoter is amazing. Amazing. I, well, no, I used it because of you, but the link that I had to use to go onto my WordPress or no, go high level wasn't corresponding. And I told them and they're like, yeah, there's something in that code. I said, okay, we'll redo the code. We went back for two weeks and they could, I stumped them. 
I stumped them. It, it wouldn't work. And so you're, like, you're dealing with some flunkies out there. I think we had an issue like this before, right? There were some issues with uh, the, the original website. I'll yeah. show you a couple of things, man. First promoters, <laughs> a game changer, dude. All right. Well, I have a week to figure it out because next <laughs> next Friday I'm shutting it down. But yeah. Uh, nice. Okay. 150 bucks to anybody who actually shares the, the information out. Awesome. Um, but I want to end it with this. Cool and, they, and they complete the course. I don't want 150. Oh, okay. They, they got to get the, they got to get the certificate of completion to go to get the 150. Gotcha. Um, the, I'm going to end it with this quote. It says, uh, this is from point break. That's why I want to bring it up. And this does tie into the savage syndicate syndicate group. Fear causes hesitation and hesitation causes your worst fears to come true. And the people out there who are like afraid of, you know, getting into confrontation and fighting chances of it finding you pretty high then, because if you are unprepared and you just are worried about it and you're thinking about all the time, I would think the universe has a way of giving you what you don't want. So you have to be ready. And so if you are in fear of it and then you hesitate, all the bad shit's going to come down your pike also. So yeah, get out to the seminar, get in touch with Josh, read his book. It's called Hard to Kill. It's an Amazon bestseller. Um, sorry that the uh, the $10 spinny wheel thing doesn't come with it because that is very sexy. But uh, I got I got to tell you the whole time I was talking to you, I kept, I, I know what the book is. I wrote the damn book, but I kept going, <laughs> look at that book back there. Look at that book back there. <laughs> and that cover looks really good. <laughs> so pick it up today go to his website this will be live uh pretty soon right after this so uh yeah if you guys get it make sure you get in within the window of time to get to the seminar i'll be out there uh, a lot of people that i know will be out there it's gonna be a fun time so josh thank you so much man this has been awesome i know that uh people can get a hold of you on social media but what other ways uh that you recommend yeah you can go to the website savvysyndicategroup.com uh, my Facebook is just my name, Josh Brisbane. Instagram is official Josh Brisbane. I have TikTok. I think it's all, if you actually just go to Josh Brisbane, you can follow, you know, find me all through all, all my avenues there. Um, but yeah, actually the owner of TikTok's building a $100 million home out here in Orange County. No way. Straight from uh, where we're going to be training. So maybe we'll do a flyby at this house. I like it. Yeah. California. I made a promise to myself promise to myself that I don't think I'd ever go out there. I'm breaking the rule for you right there. <laughs> I was out in LA one time. I said, I said, that's it. And it's whenever 2020 hit, I've said, well, I guess I'm never going back to California. You're the man that broke that rule in my life. So congratulations. Well, you know what? Maybe you'll come out here. You'll love it so much. The surfing bug gets you. You're like, I'm never going back to Pennsylvania. No chance. Guys, don't <laughs> even even think about that. There's no chance. We'll get you out here. But I'm glad you're coming. I'm excited. The next step, we'll do Cabo, San Lucas, Mexico. Oh, yes. Okay. Count me in, man. This has been fun, dude. Thank you so much, guys. If you want to learn from a man who wants to teach you how to stay hard to kill, Josh is your guy. Thanks for having me, brother. See you, buddy.